thank you for joining our conversation on Wow Whispering. I am your host, Diane A. Curran, and it is delightful to be with you. Wow is spontaneous, open, expressive. Whispering is intimate, still, receptive. In our modern age, moments rush in or away like quicksilver. Do we even make the time to savor a wow or reflect on a whisper, to notice and value such gifts? We're ready to do just that with you right now. I am very excited to be with everyone. I have a wonderful guest to share with you. I can't wait to go on this adventure today with my guest, Ren Hanami. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about her. There's lots to say, but I'm just going to say a quick hello, Ren. It's wonderful to be with you today. Hello. Aloha, everyone. Ah, how wonderful. And right off the bat, we are hearing a wonderful word. And it is one of those words that, like the word wow, we don't always know the definition, but it comes with a certain energy. And I would love, uh, even before I talk about your bio, Ren, can you share a little bit about that word aloha? Yes. Um, my mother was from Hawaii, and I feel like it is a second home for me. Um, the word aloha can mean many things. Aloha nui loa. But people use it to say hello. They use it to say goodbye to until we meet again. I love you. It just is one of those words that is of the heart. Oh my gosh, how perfect to begin this show because one of the things that I have found tends to bubble up in my conversations here on Wow Whispering is what I call the heart of conversation. And it's about how we are as human beings, like what the energy that we share with each other, the energy that we look to receive and contribute to the world. So how perfect that you're beginning our show with an aloha. So let me tell you a little bit more about Ren Hanami. She is an award-winning actress. She's also a writer, a director, and she brings her aloha spirit to everything she does. She's appeared in really numerous primetime TV series. She's been in big budget films and prestigious regional stage productions. She just wrapped a guest appearance on the youth-driven Netflix drama, 13 Reasons Why. And she continues as a longtime spokesperson for AAA in Hawaii. Now her passion for storytelling and creating the world of Ninja Mom was inspired by her Japanese Hawaiian mom, who she mentioned a moment ago, and Ren's desire to see a strong female action hero, maybe more than one hero. So she really took the Ninja Mom screenplay to a series of festivals and writers workshops, and she began winning awards. She won the fellowship, the Accelerator Fellowship for the International Film Festival Writers, was a semifinalist in 2015 and 2016 at the UCLA Extension Feature Film Writing Competitions, a semifinalist in 27 We Screenplay Diverse Voices Screenwriting Competition, and many more. Now, she's also uh, got much more going on even beyond her work with Ninja Mom. She has a screenplay called Native Land Rising Sun, which was a finalist in 2018 for the We Screenplay Diverse screenwriting competition. And she goes even further. Her short film, Like Last Night, has garnered best coming of age short 
for the 2017 Culver City Film Festival, Best Original Short Film Screenplay for 2018 Silver State Film Festival, and she herself won Best Short Film Supporting Actress at the 2018 Silicon Beach Film Festival. And she has come by her love of theater on a personal level. She made sure she got educated with a Bachelor of Arts in Theater from UCLA and a Certificate in Feature Film Writing from UCLA Extension. So Ren, you bring both your talent and a commitment to gaining the skills and developing your craft in a way that I think would be very inspiring as we talk together here today. So thank you for being with us. Does this leave you any time to sleep? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, I think that you probably are helped by your wonderful little dog that you have. I'm going to share that Ace is kind of in the background, just taking care to listen to you, maybe see what's going on in the world. And he is like a, a real presence in your social media in a really delightful way. How did that come about? Is he, is he just like a natural kind of a screen dog? Is he kind of like a little bit of a ham? He is. He's just so cute. You know, I rescued him in 2014. I had lost my um, mother and father in, in, and in 2013, my father actually on Christmas of all days. And so the year after I was visiting my um, best friend up in San Jose and she said, go, go just look at the shelters and you know, you need a different memory for Christmas. So I checked out, um, the first one I went to was the San Jose City Pound, and it's a kill shelter, cement and bars, and you just, oh, it's just so sad. And I saw him, he was just barking his head off, and I thought, oh, I don't know, he's so barky. I went to, then I went to several others that are the no-kill shelters, and they have little rooms and little couches, and you know that they're really well taken care of. And I kept thinking of him going, you know what, they're gonna, they're gonna put him down if nobody takes him. So I went back, they brought him into a little room away from the other dogs, and I could see he had a little personnel. I threw the ball, and you could tell that he was not feeling well, but he was, like, trying to be perky. And so I, I brought Karen with me the next day, and um, we picked him up, and then he got super sick. Mm-hmm. And it uh, appeared the vet said that he had caught parvo. And oh, gosh. so he really – it was scary because it's like, well, okay, if you put him in the hospital, a lot of money – um, 60% chance that he's going to make it through. Uh, but we had already like bonded with him. And um, so we did a little fundraiser on GoFundMe and he pulled through more than I can imagine. He um, started, we started training. He did all the good citizenship training and then he did service dog training and he still has so much energy and just loves to please. So then I went and got him into a set dog training. And he hasn't gotten cast in anything yet, but he's <laughs> so ready. He so wants to put his feet up and, and run, stand on his mark and do everything that the set dogs have to do. So probably his first role will be in a short film that I have written that I'm working on is probably going to be his first role. But I, I hope that, you know, somebody wants to use him in a commercial or something. His, his most important job is getting me out of bed in the morning. 
That's oh, the, there you go. So he takes, he helps you with the sleep arrangements. <laughs> yeah, he makes sure. I mean, he's very patient with me because I always have to like read and write before I get the day started. And, um, and then it's like, yeah, 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 we get to go for a walk. Let's go, let's go. Let me chase mm. people, let me chase the squirrels. And he knows I'm talking about him because he's looking over at me like, did you say the, the S word, the squirrel? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. Dogs do uh, learn vocabulary. They really get how certain sounds together mean a certain thing to the human being that they're, that they're listening to. It's like, okay, I know what that's about. I know what's coming next. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting to think about um, the way that you even talk about him. You kind of, you give him an aliveness in the way that you relate to him. Obviously, it was an extraordinary story of your coming along at the perfect time to rescue him, to just move him into having a life that is really, he's well-loved, he's well-taken care of, and his personality gets a chance to shine because of it. Mm -hmm. And he helped me through the grieving process. So it was a uh, mutual helping relationship or it is a mutually helpful relationship it reminds me of something that i find fascinating in your ninja mom work what you've created here is you've really brought together two words that we don't normally ever think of as going together the word ninja and the word mom because you know ninja characters have become popular in i want to say comic book culture and popular culture and kids culture but it tends to be a masculine orientation. It tends to be about fighting and bashing and, you know, kind of nefarious acts. And even in the movies of, I'm going to say the 60s and 70s, there were a couple of characters who were very scary and very violent, but you have brought together a very different concept. I'd love to hear about what caused you to create Ninja Mom. Well, I think most Westerners have the wrong idea of what ninjas mean and what ninjas are. Um, so, you know, the female ninjas are called Kunoichi. I actually, when I was writing the screenplay, I ended up cosplaying the character at a comic book store. And this uh, gentleman and his son walked by and said, oh, you're a real ninja. You're wearing the indigo blue, not black. And I'm like, you know that too? Because real ninjas, you know, come from the mountains in Japan. The, the folklore is that they were taught by the Tengu, which is a uh, mythical bird, half crow, half man character. I ended up adapting that to the Karura, which is another kind of bird. I wanted this Kunoichi clan to be something a little special and their really their concern was always about survival and caring for your community your family protection um, early on they were training and they didn't have weapons like weapons that we think of today they were farmers and so they would use a rake or a hoe or whatever farming tools to protect their families and their communities and that's how they got started and that's the real heart of the ninja it's more about uh, my, my grandmaster Hatsumi Masaaki Hatsumi in Japan has written many, many books. You can find them on Amazon and other places. And he always says the ninja 
they want to protect and then get out of there, you know, defend and then get out of there. They're not about killing, you know, they're not assassins. They, yes, through history, because of the shogun realizing that they had great skill to um, spy, you know, the, the silence that they could get places in and out, especially the women could get places that men couldn't because they were unsuspecting. And so they did employ them to, to go to other, you know, other realms and spy for them. And it was more about intel and intelligence gathering. And then if, yes, if they had to kill someone to save their life, they would, but they weren't going out to try to kill people. So I think that's one of the myths that I like to dispel. And also the whole idea of a mom, you know, I, when my mother passed away, it's, it's devastating. Mothers, they serve such an amazing place in our lives. They are nurturing. They are protective. They are strong. They, you know, everything that a mother means is really a ninja. You know, she's, didn't you ever have the experience where you think you got away with something? Oops, I dropped that, broke it. Oh no, maybe if I put it back, you know, it's like mom always knew. Or if I went out with friends, mom knew where I was. Like, how does she know that? She's got this sixth sense. So those are like natural instinctual skills that I think do apply to the ninja and our idea. So I think it's a pretty natural fit, you know, that we have the mother who seems superhero to kids. And when you're little, your your parents are like superheroes. So I think that's the the way that it came about was that I never could tell my mom before she left the planet, like you were a superhero, mom, you know? So in this character, I get to embody her with all those fun characters that uh, a ninja mom would have. And what's great about it is that by creating a character that is dramatic and visually interesting, I mean, your ninja mom really looks pretty great as she's brandishing her spatula, and she's also got the beautiful midnight blue outfit on, but she's kind of stylish and she's kind of energetic and she's somebody that we think, who is this person? And you know, when we're little kids, we think, oh, we look up to our mom, we think, oh, how did she get so smart? How did she, how does she know so many answers to all my questions? And there's a kind of a wonderment that we have when we're very young. So I think it's really amazing that you have created this children's book, which is also a kind of a way to introduce the, the magic of mom for little kids at an age when they're, they're naturally drawn that way, they're naturally receptive to it, and they're naturally interested in how do I navigate the world? How do I deal with all these little monsters that I think are you know, gonna get me at night when I'm trying to go to sleep? My mom will help me. It's a fascinating convergence of the power of the adult, who is the mom, the grown-up, and the, the sort of mystical wonderment of a child's energy embodied in this really rather adventurous story you created called Ninja Mom and the Tangonis and the Tiki. Is that the name of the book that you wrote about this? Yeah, Ninja Mom and Tangonis and the Tiki. Oh, mm -hmm. Tangonis and the Tiki. And oh, I forgot to mention the blue um, is because they would use dye to 
to dye their clothes. And the the sky is like an indigo blue at night. It's not black. And so to blend in with the sky, it would be blue. And they really didn't have dyes that could create like a real black color. So even mm-hmm. in the day, it would be uh, natural colors, you know, from natural inks that were created out of plants, plant-based. And so, of course, it's almost like camouflage, right? So they would be wearing like greens and browns in the day and blue at night. And in modern day, it would be like working in an office with professionals, uh, business people or lawyers, and everyone is in a suit. So what would a ninja wear? A suit. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. wearing what yeah. you would wear in so that you blend in the whole idea. Yeah. You don't stand out like, who is this crazy person wearing a black outfit in the middle of the day? What is that about? (laughs) Right. The book, you you asked about um, the adventure of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about it is that it is um, a book that is very much uh, has, is filled with amazing illustrations that tell the story visually, illustrated by Don Schmidt. And it also has the story is very clear. And then every once in a while, there's a word in red that pops out. And then that word is defined in the back in a glossary. So kids can really learn a little Japanese. They can learn a little uh, of the culture of what these words mean and why they are used in the way that they are. So they're both being entertained and they're doing some learning at the same time. Yay. Just like a mom would do. Yes. And, and this was a real collaborative project with Don. So Don is my sensei. He is actually the one that came in the bookstore with his son and said, oh, you're a real ninja. And then uh, when I said, oh, you know that, he said, yes, I actually teach. He's actually a master of Bujinkan Taijutsu, which also includes ninjutsu in it. Um, there's nine schools that Hatsumi Sensei teaches from. And so so Don, I started studying with Don. I thought, well, I'm writing this story about this ninja mom and ninja women. I better learn how to do it. So he also, I found out through studying with him, practicing with him, that he was this amazing artist, you know, and, and his day job is fascinating too. I, I didn't get per- permission to, to say what it is. So I'll just say it's very fascinating. Well, yeah. let's keep some ninja secrets, right? Yeah, there are some <laughs> secrets. Um, but he, yeah, he really got it. He got the story. So his images are perfect. And then his son helped us. I was wanting to create minions. So my bad guy is Uki, who is a kitsune, which is a nine-tailed fox who transforms into a woman or back and forth. And very tricky, very clever. She has a couple of minions. And I wanted to use the Tengu of Japan, which are the ones with the big noses. They come in various shapes and forms, but they all have that uh, crow-like face. And you'll see masks in restaurants. Japanese restaurants will sometimes have the masks. Mm -hmm. And then the Oni, when I was looking at uh, folklore... There are these oni that are like hair. Some of them are hairy and they all have horns and sometimes they have three eyes and they're just like these ugly little things that are probably so ugly they're cute. And I thought, I want a combination of both. And his son at the time said, well, you should call them tangonis, tango and an oni. And so that in the glossary, we say this word is made up. <laughs> but 
I, yeah, it was, it was a showing it to people. They were like, well, what does this word mean? What does this word mean? And it was a perfect opportunity to share the culture through the words and the story with all ages, really. There are I, a lot of adults have purchased the book and like it, and they love that they're learning new words. So that was um, something fun that also came through the many drafts when I was workshopping it. Well, it reminds me of a couple of aspects of the word whisper, which is part of our show orientation. We're all about wow. And wow, of course, it is expressive and it's, it's extroverted and open and spontaneous, but whispering is an energy that can go in many directions. And we've already talked about kind of the penchant for and the, the, the natural talents to discover secrets and keep secrets that the ninja have. But this notion of whispering, sometimes in life, whispers come along and they catch us by surprise and they can actually have a major impact on our lives. And I, I often ask my guests and I asked Ren to share, if she would, a whisper, what Ren wrote to me. And then maybe you can see if you have any comment on it, Ren. She wrote about her whisper. She said, the whisper I want to share is that I'm good enough and everything I do is good enough. I'm unlearning that not good enough training that our parents unconsciously teach us. So I'd love to hear about that process because it's something I think many people at all ages are grappling with throughout their lives. Yeah, I think I was very competitive. I think sometimes I still am. There has always been a pressure to succeed, uh, to do well in school. I knew that my parents both came from very humble upbringings and they were giving me the type of life that they did not have when they were children so that I could have a better life. And yet it, I also got this message that whatever I did didn't seem good enough. I had to do more. And I think that's also society because being biracial, there is... Um, any person of color, being a woman and being a person of color, there's this message, sort of this um, unspoken message that in order for you to stand out, you have to be better than the average bear, <laughs> in, yeah. in other words. Yeah. You, you know, I, I don't want to get political, but a lot of times in, in our history, with colonization, um, there's this idea of, you know, our ancestors coming from Europe and, and, and a white European background then becoming our forefathers. And so there's this idea that white men are, don't have to work as hard. Like it, it's in, they're entitled and it's not always true. However, it, it, it's true enough that it comes up all the time. We see it in the media. We see it in, in writing. And, and so there is this pressure. It's like an unconscious bias that, oh, you can't just be talented because you're a woman and you're a woman that's, you know, Asian and from Pacific Islands. So you actually have way more to prove. And now I'm at the point where it's like, no, I've worked so hard. How do I let myself be deserving and be worthy without having that whip 
<laughs> out, you know, saying, no, that's not good enough. Do it again. That's not good enough. So I, I think a lot of people, uh, irregardless of race and gender, can have this experience. And I'm just doing, saying it in my way or doing it in my way because of my experience. But hopefully the universal message is that we're all worthy and we're all deserving and we need to support each other and lift each other up and love each other. And that's how we all do better. So it's, it's a big one. I don't know. Somewhere in there, I, I hope that the Ninja Mom stories can cover a lot of subjects, even things like bullying, um, in a way that families can talk about it healthy, healthy ways to talk about it. Well, there, there is such a dramatic need for talking about what is troubling people, because when people are feeling isolated and they're not allowed to talk about it, it, it does not go well. And I was just reading a, a story earlier today, a report on the dramatic increase in suicide rates because of this isolation that so many people of many ages and many backgrounds are feeling. And it is something that can't be ignored. So having stories that give people different role models, give people different solutions, give people different views of what's possible in life gives people a wonderful whispered message, which is that your uniqueness is valuable. Your uniqueness has, has something to contribute to life. And, and by creating a story filled with characters that people don't already know and filled with surprising combinations of a strong mom and she's got a husband who supports her and their child is the beneficiary of that we'll call it slightly non-traditional relationship. And I think the more people can hear and see stories like this and realize there's a place for me, it's not going to be a quick fix, but it is going to be, I'm going to say the right pathway for us to go forward with. So thank you for creating that and creating it in such a creative way. Now you also have many other aspects of what you're doing creatively. And I wanted to mention briefly that you have, um, a film that I had the opportunity to see at a film festival, which was like last night. It's a short film. And, you know, not a lot of people see short films because they're not in the big movie theaters. They're not necessarily on the online streaming services. But when you see a series of short films, you recognize how difficult it is to take a story or take an experience and bring it into a small amount of time and really get the critical elements there such that people can follow it, relate to the characters, feel the emotions, and gain something from it. And you achieve that. I know that the audience was very impressed with Like Last Night and the screening that I saw. And it seems like you've had some, some good feedback about it. Yes. It, again, it's coming from my personal life. It's inspired by an unfortunate event that happened to me in college and so the subject matter is, is a bit tough. It's about sexual abuse with teens. I, I chose to tell a story of a couple of girls that are younger than I was when, I, mm -hmm. when it happened to me and how it affects their relationship. It's not so much about the event, the, one of the best friends that gets sexually assaulted at a party. It's about what happens to 
the girl's friendship afterwards and, and the shame and how she doesn't want her mother to find out. And these are good girls. And even the guy, he's a longtime friend that they would never expect could do that. But, you know, alcohol and just things can happen. And so it has done well in the festival circuit. It's won some awards. I've had the most rewarding part being people coming up to me afterwards and thanking me. Um, you know, one woman came up and said, me too, and gave me a big hug. Mm -hmm. uh, another gentleman said, you know, when I was in grade school, like elementary school, the older boys tell, told me if she doesn't give it, take it. And he said he never did. And he just found it devastating that that culture still exists today. And so I would love to see that get into schools. I don't know how exactly to do that. If anybody out there knows, please <laughs> send me a message. Yeah. But I, again, like you said about talking about things and conversing, I'm still uncomfortable talking about things and, and my fears and being judged and, and feeling ashamed. And I know how important it is to help us all heal and to keep it from happening as often as it does, unfortunately. So yeah. it's my small contribution and I, I hope to tell more. I'm, I've written an outline. We decided we're gonna do three shorts that all have this theme but are handled in different ways. You know, one is going to be um, in a family situation. Another one's going to be maybe in the workplace, but um, dealing with it in the way that I can personally put a spin on it that maybe hasn't been told before, you know, with my voice and, and vision. And so that is also something we're working on and hopefully will be seen by many people. Good. Well, speaking of which, people are probably very much wanting to know, how do we reach you, Ren? Well, it's a couple of ways. Ren does have a website that you will find very easy to remember. It's called theninjamom.com. I'm going to spell it. It's T-H-E, then N-I-N-J-A, then M-O-M, like mom.com. So that you can find out more about the Ninja Mom activities, but you can also reach Ren, she's, I'm going to put these um, in the show notes for today's podcast. I'm going to put her uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram information, including two Twitter um, pages. One is at Ninja Mom Movies, like movies, M-O-V-I-E-S. And then one is called at Ren Hanami. And I'm going to spell her name. It's R-E-N-H-A-N-A-M-I. So you can find out more about the Ninja Mom series, but you can also find more about all the other very diverse activities that Ren is up to and be in touch with her there. Follow her there because she's very good about sharing what's important, what's newsworthy, what she's up to, and all kinds of goodies and sharing things from people who are doing great things as well. So we're going to take a short break and be right back with Ren Hanami. We're going to see you in just a moment. Thank you for being with us on WOW Whispering. In each episode, we present a public service announcement that highlights resources that are committed to uplifting our quality of life. Look for the episode show notes, which have links to learn more. Today, we are pleased to feature a magnificent combination of something you might not expect, brain, arts, and productions. 
Well, that's actually the name of their group. It's brainartsproductions.org. And what they're about is building financial literacy through the creative arts. They provide unique residencies and curriculum designed to reach your community. Because financial literacy has never been more crucial and isn't always easy to, to obtain. You've got to start early in life. And what these folks know is as experienced educators and curriculum developers, they take pride in making experiential, cutting-edge programs that can be completely facilitated by brain arts professional educators or designed for your team to expertly deliver. So you've got your choice. Check out who they work with across the country and reach out to start a conversation about how they can make something just for you. They've got offices in Chicago and they consult everywhere. And who do they consult with? Well, banks and financial institutions, credit unions, financial service providers to develop unique and innovative programs to help their customers develop strong skills and gain knowledge about topics ranging from savings accounts to credit scores to mutual funds and beyond. These programs can be completely facilitated by brain arts or be out of the box for your staff to easily implement it. They also work with museums and exhibits, whether it's designing an entirely new event or creating a passive program to enhance patrons' experience of a current exhibit, they use inquiry-based learning and their own brand of immersive learning to create an unforgettable experience. And they absolutely work first and foremost with schools to design programs to fit schools' very specific needs, whether in school or after school, one time or ongoing. Their approach to learning is always a fun, exciting experience that students remember forever. And that's exactly what we want. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Well, we are back here on Wow Whispering. I'm your host, Diane A. Curran, and I have a wonderful guest with me today, Ren Hanami, who's been sharing some wonderful conversation about the creative process, about what inspires her creative process, and about all the different aspects that she's involved with. And I want to just mention, she did share a wow with me that I definitely feel is a wow. And here's what it is. Her first screenplay made the semifinals in the prestigious UCLA feature film writing contest. Wow. How did that feel when you got that news, Ren? <laughs> I cried. <laughs> I, because when I was an undergrad at UCLA, I thought I was a horrible writer. I mean, I, every writer, I think, thinks they're terrible. And, we, and probably every writer is when we begin. <laughs> but I, I had a playwriting 101 class. And I remember one of the actors and students in the class kind of read it mockingly and I don't know if he realized how much that hurt my feelings but it wasn't a comedy and I was so devastated I didn't have the courage to go talk to the professor now I would tell students go talk to the professor because he might have been able to talk me off of the cliff of never writing again I thought I was never ever going to write again and and I didn't write <laughs> for decades however um, I, I 
did get the courage because what happened is I kept telling people about this Ninjamon product project and I was getting people to do drawings for me and I was doing posters and I just couldn't put it down. You know, I would get with another writer and director and we'd start working on it and then they would disappear and that kept happening. And so a friend just said, maybe you should write it. I was like, oh no, no, I can't write it. So I, you know, I read a book, how to write a screenplay and <laughs> I wrote my first screenplay and of course it was horrible, but not that horrible because it was good enough to get me into the Hawaii International Film Festival Fellowship and they loved the idea. It's, it was more about the ideas that I had in it and not so much uh, my technical skill. And that did give me the courage though then to go back to school. So, and at UCLA Extension, I found the nurturing and the support that I didn't have as an undergrad. The um, feedback that I got from both teachers and students was so encouraging that I realized, I really don't suck, you know? So for, for me to actually take the screenplay to the level where it, it was um, in the semifinals to get an award, and, and now it's been in quarterfinals, semifinals, and one of my screenplays is a, even a finalist, that um, it just keeps me going. And as my sensei says, keep going. So that has really, it's something that, you know, I have on the wall so I could remember, oh yeah, you know, I got that. And um, it means a lot. Well, a wow is, is a wonderful experience because it's a word that I know very few people who would have a definition for the word wow. It turns out is a word from 16th century Scotland. It's been around for a long time. My and of course you have, yeah, you have part of your background is Scottish and you've been to Scotland more than one time. So I am mindful of that word wow, not really having for many people a definition, but they know when to say it. And they know many ways to say it, and they know when they're experiencing it. So you experienced it in a way that brought forth a lot of emotion. And how great that you had the freedom to express it because it allowed you to be in touch with how important that moment was for you, what a shift it created for you, not only in terms of um, maybe professionally, but just opening up opportunities that you now realized you could explore further personally. And I think that that is something that we all need in life. And I think the more we hear about it, the more encouraged we may be able to notice the wows when they show up in our lives. So I thank you so much for sharing that, Ren. I want to ask, um, there is something that you said you wanted to offer to our listeners today who are with us, and it's special Ninja Mom stickers. Can you tell people how they can get those little stickers from you? Yes. Well, I've realized or found, discovered the fun and benefit of Instagram and in ah. connecting. And so since Instagram is really mostly all about pictures, I think if there are listeners out there that have purchased the Ninja Mom and the Tingonis book and take a picture with it and post it to our Instagram page at Ninja Mom Movies, then I will be happy to send them stickers and they can just direct message me when they post the picture or tag me or something and then direct message me their address and I can put those in the mail to them. And that would be really fun. It's called Ninja Mom Movies because it started out as a screenplay. And I still have that screenplay that I'd love to get sold and produced. 
Um, but then when I was trying to do Ninja Mom, it's surprising how many Ninja Moms there are out there. <laughs> and, and so I wasn't able to get the handle of just Ninja Mom. I wasn't even able to do the Ninja Mom. I wanted to have the same handle across all social media so that yeah. people didn't have to go, oh, it's the Ninja Mom here. It's Ninja Mom movies here. It's, you know, I wanted it just to be the same. So that's why it's Ninja Mom movies, even though the first thing that's out there is the book. <laughs> So I think it's great because you're giving yourself a vision and a place to go with it all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's that great. Good. And yeah, so so you can reach uh, Ren there and get your Ninja Mom stickers. They're very cute. I have one right in front of me right here. I love it. I'm trying to figure out where to put it. I just I think I just enjoy looking at it. So um, Ren, it has been delightful to talk with you. We've really covered quite a bit of territory in wowing and whispering through life. And I thank you so much for being here. Is there anything that you'd like to say to our listeners? in the world of wowing or whispering as we close our conversation today. You know, it's interesting. Life is very um, synchronistic. And so I wanted to say that I am going to be back shooting another episode of 13 Reasons Why. Of course, I can't talk about what anything about it, right, um, until it airs. But I'll be in season three. And it that show has a lot of themes that are similar to my short film like last night. So it's interesting that I'm on that. Um, and also I'm working on Fashionista Ninja um, as a potential animated show. And that's uh, Kimmy as she grows up and goes to high school and wants to be a fashionista. But of course she has to keep the world safe from those Asian monsters as a ninja. <laughs> So those are things to look forward to. And, and I love connecting with people. So that would be my whisper is don't feel afraid to, to reach out and connect. And um, as far as a wow, um, can I share one that I think yeah, is sure. maybe in your life that might just be such a strong part of your life, you might not be looking at it today as a wow. But the wow of you and your dog Ace getting together when he was, you know, he was abandoned or neglected or lost and he wound up in a, in a, a shelter where he wasn't gonna make it and he was very sick and you came along and you said, there's something about him and he maybe only had a little whisper of his energy but he was able to show that to you in a way that you said, you know what? I'm going to do whatever it takes and let's see how it goes. And wow, he is a dog full of life, full of love. And I know he makes a big difference for you. And I count that as a wow. Yes, he is. He's a wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Well, thank you again for being with us. And I wish you the very best. I know we'll be hearing lots more from you. So thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Ren Hanami. And you can reach her in so many places, look in our show notes for the details, okay? Thank you. What a pleasure to be with you in the world of wow whispering. As we complete this episode, I invite you to notice the wows and whispers that enliven or challenge as they fulfill life for you in both tiny moments and transforming experiences. I wish you the very best until we meet next time.